Well, I just hit the button, I'm so we're like just this. in it. I'm going to talk like this. Do you miss the clap? Do you miss me clapping to I start this? Do you mean chlamydia? Do I miss chlamydia? <laughs> no, the audio clap. No, the audio I, clap. I miss neither the clap nor chlamydia. I mean, I guess the clap had a kind of Pavlovian effect on me where I'd be like, yeah, it's time now. We're yeah. going to do this shit. But now I just can do it. I'm, I've become a professional. You Not are. as a professional as you who's done approximately 7,000 podcasts. But it's I've an, done a lot an of exaggeration of an actual number. Uh, it's a lot, though. It's a big number. <laughs> I always say, my, my friend Javit, shout out to Javit, he's probably going to listen to this, always marvels at the number of podcasts you do. He's like, that guy, man. He's he's making content. Just insane. He's, he's just he's insane. What's wrong with machine. that guy? <laughs> I mean, what is wrong with you, Kyle? There is we, something we could, wrong. We could do something therapeutic here. I, uh, there is something definitely wrong with me. We could do something therapeutic here. But I mean, what's funny is, you, with your other project, you get to watch movies that you like or at least are interested in. Yeah. You're, you're, you think that they, you sort of you curate them, you choose them because you think that they'll add something to the conversation about cinema in general and whatever yeah. your your theme is, right? Yeah. You pick things that you're like, ah, oh, this could be good to talk about. This would be a good conversation. And I, and I do get a lot of uh, positive uh, ideas out of it. Even, even when a film like hits and doesn't like... When it fails in that like right way, like, we, we talked like uh, Fahrenheit. 451 or Westworld. You know, those movies are interesting because they're not like the full capacity what they could do, but they're still interesting. They're, yeah, they, no, they're they, ideas they, that, they that are there. They definitely are fodder for conversation. I, I, mean, I mean, I always think like great directors when they miss is interesting. Right? I, I, I do think too. That that's like interesting to think about like, like you talk about Fahrenheit 451. I mean, Francois Truffaut is a, is a all-time great director. Is it? Right? He's, he's an all-time great director. He's in the <laughs> Hall of Fame. Right? I mean, there's no question. Yeah. Um, but, you know, or think about someone like Steven Spielberg, right, who looms over our conversation today. A little bit. Uh, they're not all great. Not, not all, all those movies all. are great. Um, yeah, 1941 does not although, work. it's interesting, right? I mean, the way that a, a guy like Spielberg misses is sort of different than a way like a Truffaut is going to miss. Right? I agree. Although I kind of liked Fahrenheit 451. Just the visual presentation of that oh, no, was I, so fascinating. There were a lot of things I did like it's about so it. so wild yeah. that I was like... But yeah, I mean, if, if, you know, if your first movie was, you know, 400 Blows, right? I mean, it's going to be hard. You know, it's hard to follow up, it right? Is. It's hard. To, that's a, that's a real freshman. It is very true. That's a real powerful freshman effort. Uh, so we're talking, but, but this podcast, right, is not curated by you, really. It's not curated by me. It's the culture. We make certain choices. It's Hollywood. But it's studios. curated by the, the studios. It's curated by the, the Hollywood, by the entertainment industry. And what he's given us today is, I guess, the final Indiana Jones movie we've been told. I dear God hope it is. Uh, Harrison Ford, who finds it his one of his destinies late in life to play uh, favorite characters who are, find themselves old and with failed marriages. Right? Yeah. It's, very, it's very interesting that... That um, how how original this is. Old, you know? old Han Solo and old Indiana Jones are basically the same person. Yes, yeah, right. Down to that plot point that they're sort of they have wives that love them but sort of could not stick around with them for whatever because of some past trauma involving a child. A child, yes. Right, I they're mean, all the same. It's so <laughs> it's so funny that it would be that on the nose. Uh, I mean, I guess old Harrison Ford does have a kind of world-weary 
adventurer who's kind of at the end of his adventuring but and this maybe is has one more but th- this is in so interesting kind I, of I wouldn't energy it, of course it. it has to be explained in some kind of trauma or that there's some kind of washed up depressive I, I thought it would be more interesting. It's like at, a, at an older age when you're defined at, you know, the excellence or the vigor or the legacy of your youth, what do you do from there? And, I, and, and it doesn't have to be in trauma. I think that that's an existential question for when you do get older. And it could have been ventured as a characterization. It could have been ventured in, in an interesting form. And that's just not here. Instead, they put on these tacky, tropish, borrowed, repetitive things that just that, that that just hobble these legacy characters, these icons, and it's kind of condescending to me personally. I, I really hate it. Well, I mean, a lot of what we see, a lot of movies are condescending, right? Yes, very I mean, much They're so. condescending, but they're not even condescending in a way that's particularly... In fact, I'm not even sure. No, let me think about this. Condescending would suggest that someone thinks they're better than you, right? Yes. When someone condescends to you, they like they think they're better than you, and they let you know in some sort of a smarmy way. Yeah, um, that's why some some auteurs. I'm trying to think of an auteur who might be thought of as condescending. Sometimes someone like Von Trier, maybe. At times, you, yes. You might think like, this is yeah. a person who thinks they're better yeah. than me. Michael Haneke. Right. Uh, Haneke, uh, maybe. maybe. I, 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 I think mean, it could I, be interpreted. I, I, I kind of like Haneke, actually. It kind of sending is... No, kind of because he's more filled with something like rage. You're right. Yeah. He's, he's sort of angry. Yeah. He's maybe more self-righteous. Yes, yeah. Than condescending. Because yeah. yeah. condescending suggests I think I'm... Not that I think I'm morally better than you, but I think I'm smarter than you. I Or more do. artistically gifted than you i do think that there is a level of condescension if you were as like on my level you would get why this is so brilliant yes yeah right you're right that's haneke is not condescending he's he's morally sort of righteous in a way that i guess could speak to you or not depending on depending on how you felt about what he was trying to say i do think that there's a level of condescension in the movie we're talking about today condescension is like the, here's the condescension. The condescension is, I wouldn't even say it's from the filmmakers. The condescension is from the studio and the industry. Yeah. The, the money yeah. people yeah. say, like, you'll just eat any of this slop. Yep. You will just eat any of this fucking slop we give you. Yeah. That's the condescension. Yeah. Like, you, it's not that we're so brilliant, but it's like, we've got the thing figured out, and you'll eat this slop. You'll just take what we give although, you, and you'll be happy this, about this it. this movie is not doing well from a it money perspective right? it is not. it's not doing the numbers that you would want it to do and why would it though that, that that's what's so baffling they think that they can resurrect and i do mean this like resurrect from the dead uh, a character who should probably not be on the screen anymore when people say like you know at the end of last crusade when he's like it should be in a museum and the guy's like so should you indiana jones like i really do feel like indiana jones which i would say is a movie that i love oh i do i, love I think it. i love the last crusade i do love the most it. of all of them because i grew up with it yeah I, I i grew up last crusade came out um well, I mean, I'm on the record, right? I, I'm, I'm, you know, I have all kinds of masculine romantic notions about Harrison Ford as Han Solo and Indiana Jones, Me too. as do many people of my generation, Me too, and subsequent generations like Kyle's. I mean, I grew up with, you know, I grew up when Last Crusade came out. We had it on a VHS tape. I watched it all the time. I've seen it more than I've seen Raiders of the Lost Ark. It's closer to my. I actually do think I've seen Crusade more uh, because that was as as a it was my childhood favorite. It's, it's closer to my heart. It, the way it does that sort of 
it's the best example to me of using that kind of mysticism to like suck you in, like the the high drama of dealing with like it's the holy grail, right? Uh, yeah, that sort of descending into that world, it does extremely effectively. I mean, he certainly never. Ha- I don't know that he ever has a better foil than Sean Connery in any of. No, those movies. Uh, I, th- I think as the bromances go, even even uh, Sa- John Reese Davies as Sala is is a great and and Brody, you know, is 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 a great character as well. But it is that dynamic of father and son and the conversation they're having. Like, you know, you can see what formed Indiana Jones, what drove him and his ambition, his ideas, and it's because. It's in the shadow yeah. of this man, yeah, I mean, the, the I shadow mean, of this intellectual. I mean, he's surrounded by so much, so many better characters, right, yes. in that movie. Yeah. I mean, yeah, Marcus Brody is a better character. Sala is a better character than anything, although we do briefly see Sala. Uh, yeah. his, his, Connery is the best, I think, is the best secondary character yeah. in any Indiana Jones and movie. And Even the, if you like Raiders more, I, yeah, don't, think yeah, yeah. I don't think that, I mean, Mary is a great character, too. But yeah. I don't. I just think that I like Sean Connery as his dad. Is I of... love the villain of Raiders. Uh, the oh, fo- God. yeah, yeah of B- Belloc is a fascinating kind of dark side of the coin that I love. You know, because he he's trying. He's in it for sort of a, this idea of ambition and thought, and not not preservation. No, he, he's the best villain. Yeah, he's the best. Yeah, villain. he's fascinating. He's the best. I the, love it. Raiders definitely has the best villain. Uh. I love the supporting cast of of uh, Last Crusade. Temple yes. Doom is yeah. fine. I mean, it's fine. We we can yeah. I mean, it's it's a. I think it's a but solid. It was kind of a canary in the coal mine for like it really the, is the, the, the ones that are bad, right? Because you can see this idea like, well, we'll just sort of whiz bang our way into something. Yeah. Well, and it's got so and you've set me up nicely because here we are. We're here to talk about the latest rendition, but we're now trapped. In talking about what we would rather talk about is Indiana Jones in his prime and and what we grew up and the ideas that were there that were successful these these nods to the old serials this uh it, it, this modern unique encapsulation of a James Bond for a different era you know the idea that uh, Harrison and the, Ford and, and the adventure movie right which yeah. I would fucking kill to see better more good oh talk me about, too people talk about the rom com. Right, but the adventure movie is equally moribund. Oh yeah, right? I mean it's it's almost I mean, dead. I, I mean, like in this twenty. I mean, what do we get? We got we get we talk about this, right? We got Fellowship of the Ring, which mm-hmm. uh, of the Lord of the Rings movies, that's the adventure movie. Yes, and that's spectacular. We get something like Lost City of Zed, which is oh, interesting and weird, excellent, yeah, and kind of a kind of takes a more Apocalypse Now style approach to the idea of adventure. Ambition, legacy, family. Because adventure can be about like the descent, right? But I like a good, noble, exciting adventure with these characters that... Whatever. I mean, we just don't get it. No, we I mean, don't. We're lucky we don't. to get that uh, that Channing Tatum, uh, Sandra Bullock rom com, right? Like, yeah, that's a rom com and an adventure. I guess that's that's hitting both the the things that it's, uh, and it approaches it again. And when we we talked about it, we had like higher marks than say any in, a, a lot of average pieces of cinema. But yeah, that's because I think maybe we're yearning for something that that breaks free and and adopts this and it's all of its purity and wonder and you know the, this series inspired adventure, and what we get in the latest installment is just an onslaught 
of a mess, a mess of imagery that doesn't coalesce and become captivating, whether it's in action sequences or iconography, whether it's in villains or uh, new characters, nothing has the impact, not a single moment has the impact that any of those original three, and I even include Temple of Doom, because when you think about Temple of Doom as being the lesser of the three, and it might be arguably objectively that, because it's kind of like a more of a B-movie mess than it is, uh, what's fascinating to me is that when you think about it, you think of the mine cart, you think of the bridge, him cutting that bridge, you know, you know, to take them all down with him. You think of uh, Kalima, you know, you know, the, the yeah. taking out the heart, uh, you know, that sequence, even though it's graphic and really brutal for an Indiana Jones film at the time. Although I, 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 I think it's of soup with the eyeball in it. For some reason, soup that with really, eyeball that really stuck with me. As yeah, a, the as monkey a brains, which is so funny. The monkey brains is an ode to uh, Faces of Death, that mo- the the like kind of fake. Uh, a docu movie that came out like a couple years, uh, like five years prior to Temple of Doom. It's uh, there's just these captivating images, and this is this goes to a compliment. We've talked about Spielberg on the Fablemans, and he understands image, and he understands when he's utilizing image to reflect his icon, his character. I mean, that's the, that's what Indiana Jones strikes. It, you know, it's it's about the tangibility of that universe. It's about going to these locations. It's about feeling the dirt, the sweat, the grime, and everything in Dial of Destiny. And this goes to more of a detriment than it is to like even Crystal Skull. There's nothing tangible about the action. There's nothing tangible about the locations. You do not feel the sweat. It's so polished. It's so sanitized, and it's so nothing. Yeah, yeah it, it's funny because you think about there's infinitely many many ways. You can put a character in peril, right? Yes. You can put a character in peril, whatever. You can have someone put a gun at them, right? I mean, yeah. it's like just da 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 da. But how many times do you think about, or has has there just been reference to that fucking rolling boulder? I know right? that yeah. boulder. Just I mean, th- th- and it's just that's the genius of Spielberg, right? It's like he knows that like having this dude chased by this giant rolling boulder is just going to look cool. It's going to look yeah. really cool, and it's going to stick in your mind. And, of course, there's a million, like, you can shoot at whatever. You can put the character in, in physical peril in a million ways. Yeah. And what is how does this movie put the character? How does Dial of Destiny put the movie in peril? Well, it puts him in car chases, right? It puts him in a bunch of car, car chases. Chase after car chase after car I mean, the chase. Fir- the first half oh of the movie is God. basically just one chase after another. It's And it's it's so repetitive. It's It's... And everything's repetitive about it. It's the situation that's set up. It's like, oh, we're here to do this. Oh, the Nazis, the bad guys come, and now it's a car chase. Oh, we go to this other place. Oh, no, now the Nazis show up, and we have another car chase. Everything is repetitive. Just in, in, and you get American Nazis, which I like. The American Nazis are a nice touch. They don't do much with them, but yes, it's it's kind of a nice I, I touch. Always, I always like to see us be reminded that... Um, you know, in fact, uh, many uh, many Germans were brought over by the Americans to uh, to, to work, work for, for NASA. Us. Yes, it absolutely that is, is that true. That is a true story. It so. is true. And some of the, and I mean, yeah, it's just I, I'll say that I found this the experience of watching this movie subjectively less unpleasant than watching the last one. But it's I interesting. I think low expectations. I don't know what it is. I I think it's a it it. I go back and forth with this. I'm, I, I I think I find the, I find the the flea bag lady somewhat more interesting than I found Shia LaBeouf. Somewhat, but I also think she's a confusing character. I I don't even think they confusing, really define her quite, right. I mean inconsistent well, I, I mean, but also like inconsistent but also perfectly predictable. Like you know she's oh, yeah. gonna have her come to. I mean it's just you you just know. 
you know, I don't know. I mean, but then again, this is, it's, we always reflect on, and it's probably boring at this point. Like what <laughs> makes a certain kind of movie a good, uh, good, right? Yeah, what makes yeah. it good, right? Because you know that Han Solo is going to turn around, right? You know that he's going to not just walk away with the money. You know that when you watch Star Wars. Man, but they but yeah, they, but they you, take you still, it right to the end, but yeah, though. But you still, there's something yeah. about him and the movie and all of it where you, you even the first time you see it, you, 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 you sense that he's going to be a good guy at the end of the day. But you can still be brought along. Like, these movies can still bring us along, right? Yeah. Even though we know. And even though we've seen it before, they can still bring us along, yeah. right? Yeah. You know, that's... And I just don't... It's how you tool that expectation. Like, with Han Solo, it's like you might... Uh, in your heart of hearts, you're like, that guy's not as anti-hero as he wants us to think. That guy's not as caring as he wants us to believe. But they take it right to the end, to the point where he is not involved in that final showdown at the Death Star. But then he appears... And there's something so fulfilling. It almost, because you almost forget about him. There's tension. There's death. There's consequence in in this fight, you know, where people are dying and people are sacrificing themselves in the fight of the Death Star. And Luke's there and he's, he's in their sights. And here comes Han Solo, the person that we are told is the last likely person, the profiteer, the profiteering, selfish, capitalist smuggler of the galaxy and there he is because he does care well, and, also, and that that's so it's so fulfilling but also he has a more compelling reason to run like he has this price on the head he from job of the yeah, hut who yeah. we've you know who we know is a big problem as opposed to like what does the flea bag lady what does she want she just wants money. Why does she want money? Well, everybody wants money. It's just kind of very yeah, it's like it's vague, and and they're playing it, into a kind of simplistic idea of the antihero, where she gets to, she gets to ogle the men, just like you know, like an antihero would you know have their way with women or in that world of women. But that's uh, but, the, she, but I have no problem with that in principle. But the problem no, is that no. nothing comes of it, right? That's it's what just it, like yes. it just comes and it goes, and it's meant to be a signifier, like oh, this movie it's more modern because. She can objectify men. It's like fine. I I would love to have a storyline about her objectifying men, but it's just like it's just a throwaway line that kind of goes to nowhere and comes to nowhere and doesn't really lead to anything or say anything particularly interesting about her. And then they enhance particular sequences like the third car chase where the guy is just like, "Please talk to me." The fiance, the gangster fiance, and it's just annoying. It's just an annoying feature of the of the of. It, they think it's funny, but honestly, I think James Mangold has a very poor as a director as compared to spielberg has a very poor grasp of the tension and and delivery of comedy which that's very important to indiana jones it's not merely adventure it's merely the tension between characters that set up comedic dynamics and tension dynamics that that create humorous scenarios and uh his his ability to do any sort of comedy in this movie is about zero it's very it's charmless it's it's soulless it's uh these characters are just kind of following uh a kind of predestined ai uh plotting that is just really monotonous repetitive and boring this movie was so boring yeah and and i mean i mean 
And you know there are pieces that could work, right? I could mean, like yes, like, like Mads Mikkelsen could certainly be a compelling wasted, villain. wasted. Oh, well, I love Mads Mikkelsen. I <laughs> even right? when watching that Fantastic Beasts movie, which is just as dreadful as something like oh, this, God. but Mads Mikkelsen is captivating in that role. Like I like watching him act. I think I like that movie more than I like this movie. I I think so too, and that one makes just about as little sense as this one does. But there were pieces in that that were naturally charming or naturally interesting or engaging. I like Jude Law. I like Mads Mikkelsen. Well, and also like like at least at least with some of those Harry Potter adjacent movies, right? Like I remember thinking like the world was sort of compelling and interesting visually. Like I yeah. I, I remember thinking like I would go into this world and walk around. Yes, yeah. Right. It would be it would be cool to chill there and getting to get a new glimpse of it just from an aesthetics angle is kind of interesting yeah, yes right and i liked matt i liked julan and i thought he was he was t- good in it i mean yeah the movie didn't amount to much no right and i mean talk about it like an overdetermined boring plot but like but <laughs> but that's this too <laughs> but yeah no i i agree i agree. but what i was saying is the, the movie just doesn't like he so so there are different theories right about what might make a movie good right there are theories about how you write movies, how you direct movies. Mm-hmm. Da, 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 da. Yeah. I'm sure you've read more and thought more about this than I have. Sure. But to me, the essence of a good movie is a movie that like knows what is awesome about it. Yeah. And it, and yeah. It, and really can leverage that. Right. We talked about John Wick. Like John Wick is a movie that knows exactly what is cool about it and just completely what's going on goes for it what's our tone what's our delivery like, and what's everything make oper- this movie awesome and it yeah. could be different different movie like what what makes past lives and john wick for awesome is very different things yes. right but yeah. what you can tell is that both these movies the people making them know what is awesome about them yeah. they know like what is the drive shaft of the movie like what is the thing that you're going to remember what is the thing that makes the movie like get you someplace deep right that is like like very emotional or like being in a dream or something like that. Those movies know that. And this movie just strikes me as a movie that has no sense of what might be appealing no, about no. it. The, the, the awareness is not instinctual to any of the creators. Who uh, the, the massive writing team. I mean, yeah, Phoebe Waller-Bridge is one of the writers. David Coop's one of the writers. But it's like five, six writers. James Mangold is not necessarily... Uh, utilizing an instinct for directing and the same way that he would do for something like Logan or Ford v. Ferrari or even Walk the Line. Like this filmmaker has a vast variety of uh, ideas within his films and he's able to capture them uniquely in their in their situation and ways. But he is not operating on instinct as a creative storyteller. No, he is operating in the uh, the, the doldrums of defined expectation by LucasArts, Disney, this board of directors guided uh, mentality that you can clearly see. It's like the whole framework of this movie is frame for frame, plot for plot, like sequence to sequence, a rendition and copy 
of the other Indiana Jones movies. They're like, oh, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. What did people not like about that? Well, it kind of went, betrayed the formula in some ways and went off the wires. And so maybe we just need to just deliver the expectation. And you need to operate within that expectation. That's why there's a cold open. That's why it goes from setup to chase, setup to chase. Now, obviously, there's no variety between those moments. I'm surprised they went with... Car chase to car chase to car chase to car chase. Like, yeah, I mean, it's I mean, the, so boring. The first half of the movie is, I think, like 95% chase. Chase by cars. There's a train. There's yeah. a train at one point. Yeah, but he even uses a car to get to the train. And so let's let's talk about the opening, because I think the opening tells you exactly where the trajectory of this is and what's wrong. What's 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 wrong with, as you, as you said, what makes it a bad movie? And it's because it's so... What made Indiana Jones movie? What what is its self awareness? Well, its awareness is that when you are an archaeologist and you are an adventurer, you have to physically go to these locations. That's not evident in what it, what is happening here in the beginning. It's mostly purely green screened. Not only Harrison Ford with the awkwardness of this kind of uncanny valley i mean it's the best it might be able to be at this point you know it's it there there is a kind of seamless quality to it kind of if you really pay close attention to the cheeks they don't really emote or move and they kind of stay put as he moves his face it's kind of odd and then he's got that 87 year old voice coming out of him which is just it, it there's a dissonance and dissonance can describe everything in the opening and how everything operates in a relation to what makes Indiana Jones great. It's that dissonance. It's the, it's not a tangible reality. We're not physically there in uh, Berlin, Munich, wherever where, wherever we are. He's on that train, and like it's it's not only a CGI face, but a CGI body running across the train to the Indiana Jones uh, fanfare. And it's just so odd. It's just so disconnected. And it, it it's, it's resembling an Indiana Jones movie. It has like this interesting rhythm to being an indiana jones movie but it's not really that there is this dissonance this disconnection and by the time you're like wait a second this is all feeling wrong you're already now 30 minutes in because that opening is so long and now we're originating a new kind of indiana jones the the contrast oh here's that young war hero and here's this boring uh you you know uh you know grandpa next door punching down doors with a bat you know at his hippie neighbors you know because he's not up with the times and he now his his uh, his classroom is filled with people who find him boring but 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 like honestly that was the moment that was one of the few moments where the movie felt had like it had any sort of promise to me at all yes that was something different i was like okay he's in a different milieu yes right and so that's going to lead to something interesting we're going to plop him into a different milieu yeah but once again that's just a head fake that's no different than yeah flea bag woman acting like she's going to get out there and do some it's fucking. true like it's just a, it's just a <laughs> quick moment that's here and gone before we get back to another fucking yeah. chase there is no right? like, like assessment if, it, if it, it really was about like if the really movie really was about like what does indiana jones mean in the you know late 60s versus in some previous era okay now we're talking yeah that's an interesting and, and, movie and, and that then it's interesting that the nazis are americans now okay that's different too something different we turn the nazi thing on its head and it's about uh the evils of the you know the the uh now malign uh security state in the united states right yeah. okay these things are different but once again they're not 
it's 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 not even like a it's a fresh coat of paint and not even a yeah, good one. It's all it's decoration. Not structural. Yeah. It's not it's not like taking the movie in an interesting new like if if you if Indiana Jones had to like go up against the US government for real for real as opposed to just the not it's just the Nazis again. It's just the Nazis but he somehow is associated with the US government but he's yeah. really still a Nazi. No, he he's needs got, to go after the top up, men, Ben. He needs to, to go after the actual top men of the United States which exist. Yeah, but, I mean, like, <laughs> but I'm just saying like if if the villain is if 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 that sort of stuff about America in the late '60s was anything more than just window dressing, well, then that's something new. Yeah, like like I'm saying, like that moment, I was like, "Ooh, this is because the opening sequence isn't great, but it's it's better than the other ones that follow because at least it has some variety. It has some different yeah, stages yeah. to it. It has different stages. It has different uh, chapter pieces. Especially, you know, especially when the Americans uh, bomb the machine gun and the machine yeah, gun starts to like. Yeah, they're, they're, the, the, I wish it. I wish there was more. Again, I wish it was a little more physical. It was a little more there. I mean, it was just so cartoonish. It was such a cartoon, and that's not what I like about yeah, Indiana Jones. I agree with you. It's it's not perfect, but I would still take that opening sequence, even yes. with the fucking fake face, over like the subsequent chases, which are just totally. They get worse too. Yeah, like yes. by the time you get to the one in Morocco, it's just like it's just a generic. What he's in a tuk tuk. That's the only thing that's oh. different, right? I mean, they put him on a horse in this the the one in in New York. It's like that first sequence. Yeah, at least you you, you have some like texture variety to it, uh, and you get the moments where he's like blending in and acting like he's. I mean, like at least that to me is like has that's some Indiana that is Jones-ish. the most Indiana Jones it got. Yeah, yeah, and then he turns and you see the bullet. Like that's okay. There we go. That's a little something. Like you're showing me something that gives it a little bit of flavor to it. Um. But yeah, then you get to the New York in the, in the late sixties. I'm like, okay, okay, this could be interesting. That was an interesting moment, or at least a moment that showed me that, yeah. that or that gave me false hope that this movie might be about something different. Yeah, there, the, you're right because it could have been about something interesting. It could have been a conversation about an older character and their legacy and what that means, especially you know at a, at a time when they're not being appreciated or maybe they don't really believe in but themselves. This is the fucking thing, Kyle. All they know how to do is reboot it. I know. All they know how to do is origin stories and reboots, right? That's why, like, that's why, like, Force Awakens is such a disappointing movie because it's just back to the status quo ante. Yeah, it's like all that shit you saw in the first trilogy just didn't matter. Doesn't matter. You still got the scrappy rebels and the Empire. You just give them a different name, and the rebels have like one planet. Like, it's how odd. Could, how could that be? Like, I know. Like all the novels that got written subsequent to Star Wars were so much more interesting because they were like, how do you build a new society? It was like these this yes. political drama yeah. around like building a new society the, out of like the, the ashes of the Empire. Yeah. Uh, like it's way more interesting. Yeah, the Star Wars Extended Universe was a wonderful gift that unfortunately it like disappeared. As soon as Disney had it, they like they erased it. It was um, I, I I remember saying it was almost as though a, th- a million voices cried out and were suddenly silenced because that's what it is. They they just evaporated. This yeah. empire but evaporated those, those names. Those, but those books are still there. They still yeah, they, exist. They exist. Right? But like the whole like like um like making them have to like build something i mean there's just so many more interesting stories you could tell yes than like basically just resetting it to the same yeah. shit yeah. i mean kylo ren just is darth vader the annoying british guy just is grand Marf- moff tarkin like it's all just the same shit i read it's I, just like w- why why not just do anything different yeah and and 
it just it just blows my my mind. Like, what well, doesn't blow my mind? Actually, I get it. This is the one story they know they can tell. Yeah, they feel like okay, we'll just reset it. It's safe. We'll just reset it. But it, but as as I said in the beginning, I'm not surprised this is failing at the box office because of course not. Because what 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 draw does an 87 year old action star have other than merely the kind of invocation of that character and the fact that they're not doing anything different with the character had, had they done so i think word of I mouth if they'd made it like like his like version of the shootist or something just like a, just something <laughs> that would be good like, yes like like bring something new if you're gonna make it bad make it really like make him really in a bad state and make it about that yeah like and give him I don't know, like, give him some space to be interesting, right? As opposed to, like, yeah, he gets one scene where he yells at the kids. He gets one scene with the students that doesn't care. And then it's, okay, back to the fucking, yeah. just the same old bullshit. And it's like, yeah, it's just, it doesn't show, it doesn't show that it understands what's good about Indiana Jones movies. Nor does it show any idea of what could be interesting about this particular movie. Yeah. With this particular old guy at this particular moment, right? You You could certainly, like, imagine someone doing something interesting with this. Mm-hmm. But, you know, obviously we know why it doesn't happen. We feel the heavy hand of the studio making this thing just yeah. just a perfectly shapeless, formless blob. Right? And that's what it is. There is no texture. The, the CGI is gross. Um, the characterization is, is really simple. I mean, to the point where they, they can't even bring Sala on, along to then have some kind of devastating impact with him. They have to introduce some new character played by Antonio Banderas who whose only personality and feature is the fact that he's played by Antonio Banderas. And when he dies and like Indy's like mad that his friend got murdered, I'm like, I zero care. I, I, I do honestly, not honestly, care. I find him more compelling than most people though just by being Antonio Banderas. <laughs> For just, sure. Just I mean, by, he like, brings a lot. And like, and like <laughs> being who he is just because he has such like undeniable boots i mean i mean i mean antonio Banderas is like a is a class a excellent screen actor and he has a kind of magnetism and charisma that you just even in his little role i'm like well at least arguably works better here than uncharted though i will say yeah i mean but but i'm just saying like we can only expect so many miracles from even but i'm just saying he has this kind of charm to him like i could have spent some more time with that character i could have yes I could've, we could if but we, if we, but they don't they don't they, but they don't take their yes. time they, yeah, they don't like let i breathe. even care more breathe. i can't even care more about the one uh the black captain who like sh- you know he's like let me keep the girl you know in like raiders of the last card there's like more to that guy than there is to this one like yeah, you no, know it's, it's just it's bad and and it's just it's so not memorable You'll not remember a line from this thing. No, like no. Capitalism is not. It's like whatever. It's just not a good. It's not a good line. The only reason I remember that line is because it was the fucking trailer. So I saw and it a million times. You saw it a million times, and now it's just imprinted. It's it just negatively into your brain. It's it, it does. It's it's it feels bad. It feels bad to watch a movie like this. It does, and it's not just because of the nostalgia thing. Like it just it's not. It's just not entertaining. Like you just want to be entertained. Like come on. Like give me can't something. We, can't we figure out like what would be entertaining here? Yeah. But I don't know. So we're back. Took a little break. 
right. You can cut that out or we just gonna leave all that in. No, we'll cut that all that out. <laughs> That'd be great if we just if I say something. Hit pause. Our, our audience sucks. Hit pause. Yeah, all no, right. no, no, no. Um so what what have we covered here so far? Well, it's boring. Um we don't like it. CGI it is is awful. Um, did, did Harrison Ford give, other than that, we, we've discussed this moment in the beginning where it could have gone in this direction that would have made it interesting, but then he just kind of devolves into kind of the old crankety version of this legend where he's at at times, it's a demand for him to live up to that idea. And then at times he's just like yelling incoherently at things and going on. They only give him a couple moments where he is the kind of wise problem solver. Was there anything that lived up to your idea of Indiana Jones in this kind of incarnation, even as an older one, an aging one, or just a kind of continuation. For me, it's kind of a failure across the board. I actually thought there was not a lot that he put into effort he put into it, nor was there a lot of uh, care done for the script. But how did you feel about it? I mean, this movie is cursed. Like, I, I can't, I don't know how much I can lay it <laughs> Ford's. No, 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 right. and I mean, I'm not blaming him, uh, it, uh, but I, I do think that there is a lack of uh, of care. Yeah, I just, I don't know. And I don't right? blame him. I don't blame I him. I don't know. I don't know what to say about it because, I mean, geez, like, what what do I think about this version of Indiana Jones? I mean, but that's the problem. Like, you've already sort of articulated the problem. Like, he's either just doing normal Indiana Jones shit or he's, like, saying something crotchety. But it's not, it's not... It's just not interesting. Like, there's no, like, they don't take the character to any new interesting place, right? They don't put him in new any new nor, interesting position, nor right? comfortingly familiar in an interesting right. way. I mean, I mean, part of what makes the Last Crusade so great is that they really raise the emotional stakes. They for did, him, they right? Did. And they force him to kind of confront things in ways that are at times moving, at times emotional. I mean, they leverage the evil of the Nazis and the sort of mystical weirdness of the kind of Christianity that they're dabbling in. It's also like the evo- it's also the evolution. It's like those partnerships, those like American business partnerships that they like had, like th- this idea that people were investing in an idea that if the Nazis won, that they were just kind of like. Uh, pu- putting themselves in a favorable position yeah. and for for their own kind of gain and that's what that the the, in, the villain's interesting in in crusade because of that um that the, that it's not like a believer in the nazi ra- racism it's just a believer in that you know the empires that we all are and that i'm going to use it to my advantage and i want to have this opportunity, this this uh, keepsake to put on, you know, to showcase people at my private parties. You know, it's it's just a brag bragging right to have the holy grail, and that's why he chooses poorly. His his eyesight yeah. is wrong on what why someone would venture or yeah. aspire to have this item. But I mean, but I mean, so so he he's even somewhat more compelling. But I mean, think about. You know, like I said, we talked about, you know, I keep a title on the Fleabag Woman. I'm going to keep calling her the Fleabag Woman. Like, she just wants money. She bridge. just wants money. <laughs> Why? Because we want money. Uh, I mean, think about... Like, and then she doesn't, like, really believe in it, but then she, like, kind of does. Think about how then... layered and effective Sean Connery's desire to 
to know about and to see the Holy Grail is. It's it's so yeah. it's so sort of baked through the movie in all these different ways, yeah. right? And so it's it, it's very compelling, right? Right, and, and that, that father son dynamic, right, is just very compelling. The way it's sort of built and and portrayed. I mean, I I just yeah, I just don't know what. I feel like this movie doesn't even want me to like it because I it's not <laughs> it's, it's not trying. It's not giving me something that I can yeah. grab onto. Nothing, right? nothing that I would be moved by or amused by or interested in. It just seems, you know, once again we find ourselves at this terminal point of pre-sold content where it's just we have this thing. And we don't know what to do with it. They really don't. And so, and I mean, but we've seen the diversion pass of that. Like, I mean, gosh, I mean, I found the newest Ghostbusters movie an even harder sit than this one. But I mean, gosh, if I wanted to give it credit, I would say it tries something different. It yeah, there, there are some repetit- repetitive it, ideas it in it, too. It absolutely but, fails. Yeah. And sometimes, in, in, including in a few ways that are like I think kind of catastrophic failures. Yeah, this movie does not have anything quite so catastrophic as like the the ghost, you know, the reanimated dead <laughs> pressed into service of making someone yeah. money. But it it just isn't. It's just such a shell of what yeah, the it's thing a husk. is. It's just so yeah. charmless, empty, right? And you would never describe any of the first three movies as charmless, right? No, they they're were very charming. They're very charming. Even even Kate Capshaw, who's quite annoying in Temple of Doom, the dynamic between them emits a decent amount of humor and charm. Like I, I, I have my complaints about a variety of things in some of those movies, but my goodness, they are. They are excellent in their sense of delivering a world that you want to go on, characters that you are, you either tolerate or, uh, you know, aspire to be. You know, it's that combination. And there's just no one in this movie that is interesting nor, like, philosophically, you know, interesting. You know, even Mads Mikkelsen as this villain who wants to go back in time to kill Hitler so that he can be like prime Nazi, either because of ego, because he's massively intelligent, or he understands the planning better than the Fuhrer who went mad. But, but even that moment is just like almost thrown away. And you it's thrown thought, away. You thought that could have been like a real wild, interesting, like that's kind of a fucked up, crazy thing. Like I'm gonna go back and kill Hitler so I can be a better Hitler. Like, better Hitler. About like a wild yeah. thing to conceive of. It's like, but it's like, oh yeah, I'm gonna go back. I'm gonna do it better. Yeah. <laughs> what? Huh? Like, uh, cool. I don't know. Cool, man. Let's go for I, it. I guess. I mean, I I think w- there are a couple moments that enter a realm of so absurd that I started to like laugh and uh, like kind of like when they and they. I, I want to see the scene where they all change in the car in front of Harrison Ford into their Nazi uniforms because obviously they just br- they bust them out and then all of a sudden they're exiting and throwing Indy out of the truck and they're all in Nazi regalia. Like that. I want the scene where they're changing in front of Indy and he's like, "What the fuck is happening?" I mean, there has to be someone. There, there's got to be like a sociological 
explanation, right, of why a certain kind of movie could have been made like in the 70s and the 80s and just can't they can't seem to land the plane on these movies today. Yeah, what is that? I Well, I mean, so I I think the conventional explanation tends to be like the corporatization. That's true. The the standardization. The sort of the yeah. the, the the transition of these things into kind of assets owned by corporations that they want to leverage, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, when they make the first one, they never know, right? Like, nobody know When you make the first Star Wars or the first Indiana Jones or whatever, you don't know this can be. It could be a flop. It could be shit, yeah. right? So it, it doesn't get treated like the thing because it isn't the thing. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, and we don't forget the ones that weren't the yeah. thing. Or th- we don't forget. We do forget the ones that weren't the thing. We yeah. remember the... I mean, I do think that's... You know, we should always guard against nostalgia because the best stuff survives, the rest doesn't. There's a lot of... There's a lot, you know, you know, Raiders of the Lost Ark was the top movie when I was born. Yeah. Right. Yeah, like yeah. the week I was born. And then the, the next top movie is a movie I never heard of before and I can't even remember the name of. Right. But it was the highest grossing movie of that particular week. Oh, wow. Interesting. Right. Of one of the following weeks. Raiders held it for a while. But, you know, we don't remember the shit that even some stuff that like is I mean any movie that is the top grossing movie of any week in America is like a pretty big deal, right? That's yeah. a lot of money. That's a lot of people who went and saw it, right? Yeah. But even a lot of those things just kind of fade into the ether, right? So think- we do, we only remember the good stuff and there's probably about the same amount of good stuff in any given period. What what about these movies do we love? When you saw Indiana Jones, and I can certainly say when I saw Indiana Jones, Raiders of the Lost Ark, what expectation did I have of it? I didn't have any expectations. And then uh, after seeing Raiders of the Lost Ark, I'm like, well, I have this idea of what I want out of an Indiana Jones movie. And then Temple of Doom gets there, but also is doing it differently. And I'm saying that it, it's doing it in a kind of interesting failure where it's 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 kind of testing the experiment of what Indiana Jones and what, what kind of adventures he was going to go on. And it's not exactly what you wanted. Um, but, but you know, I know some people who absolutely love Temple of Doom. It's like their favorite of the three. And I think it's an interesting argument to have because I think it's an interesting movie because it was actually trying to take your expectation of the hero and deliver it in a kind of familiarity, but also twist it up in a little bit. And Last Crusade, arguably, is kind of like delivering in the idea. Like, it's kind of Raiders, but uh, as you said, I think what makes it profound is the dynamic between the characters, between father and son. And that that's kind of the the core of that movie that, that lifts it above just kind of a transplanting of the formula. And so... What we're having now, when it's either Ghostbusters or Star Wars or Indiana Jones, any of these IPs, they are trying to deliver on a set of expectation, of familiarity, of nostalgia. And that's not what captivated us originally. It was kind of new territory that inspired us, that excited us. And then taking that territory and manipulating it, deepening it, such as Star Wars to Empire Strikes Back. You know, it, it the, to, to lay the the consequence and the 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 loss in yeah. uh, in Empire Strikes Back deepens our appreciation for when our heroes actually do succeed. And instead we just have this resistance to have experiment and clashing and contrasting and it has to be just polished and yeah, that's yeah. what's missing that that is really what's I mean, missing here, here's the bottom line i think like 
we're, we're just not that good at making movies that are fun anymore. Like, how, how often no. do you see a movie you think, like, that was fun? Like, that's why Top Gun Maverick was such a fucking over-the-top success. I, I agree. Right? Because yeah. even though we had our quibbles with it. And I, uh, yeah, narrative quibbles. But, but, as, but, like, as a, but it was fun. Yeah, as and a people spectacle. people went to it, and they were like, when I saw this movie... I had a fun time. I had a fun time watching this movie. Like it was yeah. a fun couple hours. Yeah. And it's just like I just don't know, man. Like when is when are movies fun? Like I do think that there was we talked about like I think there was a period in the middle of the new Avatar movie that was kind of fun. Yeah. Which is part of what Distinct, made it different. What made yeah. it good. Like you yeah. still have the high drama at the beginning and the end, but that middle period when you're mostly with the young people, you're like, and, and you meet the Tolkoon, you're like, oh, this is kind of fun. Like yeah, this is, yeah. it's still got that sort of. It's a world. There's something a little, always a little leaden about Cameron's approach to drama. For sure. It's a bit like this is a big deal, guys. This is big deal shit. It's like I know James, but like, <laughs> but like, it was there was some fun in the offing, right? I look yeah. like, oh, that was. There was some fun there. I had some good times there. Yeah, and I mean, and in a realm of spectacle, like again, let, let's let's Avatar is a good one, right? Because there is something leaden in the dialogue, or something kind of familiar, formulaic. But what is he delivering? This kind of refined spectacle in that third act, which, by the way, is a bonkers hour sequence of of a. A ballet of action, yeah, in in a variety of places with a variety no, we of characters. T- we talked about this, yeah. Like, that is that is the that is the longest action sequence that I've enjoyed in a long time. Yeah, like, usually I'm like, yeah, let's get I, let's get in, let's get out, boys. Yeah, because it has like, variation. Like, I mean, think about the protracted. Like we've talked about the car chases, but like they're all too long. Yeah, and they make the movie too long. There's a half hour of car chase that you could just lop out of this movie and you wouldn't lose a fucking thing. Like not, you would not, not lose a fucking thing, and it would at least be a, a shorter sit. And and Avatar in that hour sequence has what what keeps you entertained is the variation. It's the it's the sea. It's the boat. It's the air. It's the combination of these effects and these characters colliding together from different. Uh, vantage points, motivations, and I really f- that that's what keeps you invested. That's what will keep you invested in an elongated runtime. Which this is, I mean, twenty uh, thirty six minutes shorter than Avatar, but I, it feels much oh, yeah. longer, feels much like- longer. And, and so we get this like it's funny, right? Because what do we get now? We get this this we get these big franchise movies that are just trying to be all things to all people and just end up being nothing to anyone. Yeah. We get like these movies that are alleged to be fun which all star Vin Diesel. They all star Vin Diesel. <laughs> right? All of them. <laughs> right? right? It's just like whether it's Triple X or fa- all the fast movies. Those are like the ones that are supposed to be fun. You know the movie we reviewed that I thought was fun we talked about was the was the 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 Guy Ritchie one. Yes, I liked uh, that uh, one. The, that the, had charm. The, the one with the, the hilarious uh, name. Operation Fortune Ruse de Guerre. Ruse de Guerre. And it's like there, there was something about that movie that was, was enjoyable, right? It was fun. Yes. You know, um, like I think even in the, tw- in the 21st century, right, we talked about the Lord of the Ring mo- Rings movies. Those movies have high drama, but they also have fun too. A lot of the Harry Potter movies have fun to them, right? Um, they have moments of wonder that are, that are sort of – that can delight Right when you when you experience them cinematically, but I mean, gosh, you know, I mean, Marvel's had its moments where it's flirted with thinking about being fun. 
I think DC has given up on being fun. I don't think they're. I think they're going to be reclaiming. Well, I, that's why they hired Gun. 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 I think is going they to bring. From, they went from positivity. Because, fun. because because Snyder is the guy that gives us this other thing, which is just so leaden, right? Yeah. So like, this is serious. This is serious. High There's drama. the condescending filmmaker. Yeah, but, he's but, the but condescending it's so filmmaker. Boring. Like it's yeah. like like at least Gun. We talked about this with with Volume Three Guardians. Like at least he you you see evidence that he has some sense of like what would make a movie fun. Like who knows what's gonna make a movie fun? Yeah, right. And he knows, and he knows that you want to be invested. And like and like Richie Guy Richie at his best makes fun movies yes. when he's doing his best work. His best work is happening because his movies are fun. Yes. Like, like Lockstock and Stature are just like insanely fun movies. Yes. A, a variety of wild characters that you would, you would, it would be fun to be in that universe, even though it's kind of dangerous. That it, it, it like brings us an enticing look, an engaging look at something different. And uh, he captures, I mean, that gangster, that British gangster milieu in such a authentic, authentic voice that I think that that's what we need. Like you look at Avatar and it's a world that's being delivered in fulfillment and like a, a engagement and a uniqueness. And with this Indiana Jones movie, it's it's just copying, pasting an idea of it, but none of the locations. This is why Rogue One works over, say, the other trilogy, the 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 unorganized Skywalker trilogy that they from Force Awakens to Rise of Skywalker. It's because Gareth Edwards knew that when you went to these planets, they had to feel as though you were at a new place, something inspiring maybe, visually. Maybe Tony Gilroy knew, but someone knew. Yeah, well, Tony Gilroy, uh, I guess he wrote the screenplay, but uh, Gareth Edwards directed yeah. it. And, and it's that combination. I think You're right, because Tony Gilroy is a great screenwriter. Um, he did. Well, he did Michael Clayton, right? Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. He wrote yeah. Michael Clayton. I mean, he's a great screenwriter. But, and then Edwards had this interesting visualization. And so when you went to these planets, and they were unique. Like, I mean, even in the beginning, when Mads Mikkelsen, you know, talk about a villain, you know, for comparison, arrives at this planet to come, you know, to talk to. Oh no, he's not the villain. No, it's it, he's the father. He's the father, and so he's in this this Star Wars world. And when they arrive to this planet, it just has this distinct quality to it, this visualization. And you're like, yeah, that's what Star Wars is. Star Wars is about its locales, its transplanting ideas. It doesn't matter if the formula of the stories follow a trajectory that is familiar as long as it's distinct in its place yeah. and idea. Yeah. I mean, I, so, I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's just... <sighs> yeah, I just... I just want shit to be fun sometimes. And I just think we've we've gotten less good at it. I'm not Yeah. I'm not sure exactly. I think the corporatization and all that has something to do with it. I think audience, by the way, the dedicated like voice is not one of negativity actually walking out of Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. What you get online and it verbatim from people and experiencing people that I experienced in a very full theater. I didn't know. Did you go to a matinee? Yeah, I, I went to a matinee. It was, yeah. but it was still, you know, it was decently full. Yeah, I went to a nighttime screening and there are just people who their attitude is we should be lucky that we have another Indiana Jones movie. Oh, who says that? A lot of people do. A lot of people. We're, you, we you should be lucky that we have I'm, I'm going to make you log off. We, I, I hear so this in people. person, too. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah see, I, I don't, this is a problem. I just talk about, about movies with you <laughs> and a few other people. I, don't, I mean, 
I, I guess, yeah, I, I, who feels that? I, that? That's an odd response to me. I mean, I, I guess I agree with it. I agree with it in a lim, in one limited sense, right? Even though I don't like this movie, I think it sucks. I think it's hard to watch. I think it's not enjoyable. I agree in the limited sense that, like, I'd rather have them take the shot. I do believe that. Like, I don't think the world is better if things don't exist. Sure. Right? So take the shot. Right? Take the but shot. Ta- I, I, but, do, but make but, it but, count. But, but you'd wish it was better. Yeah, if yeah, you're going to do make it. Make it count. You know, no, but I'm never going to. I very rarely think, like, you know. Even movies I don't like, I don't think about them. Like I'm, I mean, just, this is why I think it's a weird thing to say. I ne- I basically never see a movie think I wish that didn't exist, right? Like whatever, someone tried, someone cared, someone was invested in this. People got together, they worked on it. I I I, I wish no one ill, right? I wish their movie was good. I wish yeah, them I nothing too. but success. Yeah. Every time we see a movie, I hope it's good. Yeah. I know that they're not all going to be good. But I take no pleasure in like seeing no. bad movies and having like a snarky take about what's no, crappy no, about I, that. I don't. I either. take no pleasure in that. I want them all to be good. Yeah, I want them all to be good. Like that's I why I started my uh, new yeah, show. I, I it's know, like I needed I to be positive. But, but like, like I want to be positive. But, like, but the question is not whether we love movies. I love movies. You love movies past the point of reason. Like <laughs> like <laughs> we want them to be good. But what was unclear to me is who's making these movies if they love movies. Now, I'll say that I think Mangold loves movies. I do, too. I don't think he's... Whatever his failures, I think he loves movies. I think Harrison Ford loves movies. I think these people love movies. They do. You know, I I, I think they want to make a good movie, and they're clearly talented, and they've done it before, right? They've done it before. So I, I think that the conditions for making a good movie... It seems like, especially, I mean, with Marvel, they get the gift of breadth, so they some of them will end up being good just because they make a bunch of them. Yeah. Um, with Star Wars, even we've gotten some good stuff, right? I mean, we love Andor, right? We're big I do Andor, love Andor fans, right? So even then, they've cast a wide enough net that they've caught they've caught some some fish. But with these these other ones that are just going to get like like Ghostbusters and Indiana Jones they're just going to like a movie or two movies right they're not going to get a universe right they're not going to get an extended universe yeah nor should they but that makes that i just think for these things there's just no there isn't a i nobody has found the path right with these particular properties right and so i wonder when we're gonna see god there has to be somewhere somewhere someone developing a back to the future movie there has to be someone somewhere <sighs> developing you I, know dear god i hope not you know that it's someone is i mean you back to the future you just brought up i mean we have not talked about the wonderful time travel aspects of this movie oh yeah whatever <laughs> Although, I mean, I will say at least that, like, Whatever. that's so weird. It, honestly, it was at least honest, weird, honestly, right? Yeah. I didn't I didn't think until the very, I didn't see that, because that was a legitimate twist. I thought that they would go back. I didn't think they would go back to when they went back to. I, I didn't. Did you Did you figure that? Um, I had a thought about it, because, because, because they were talking about 
because they were talking planted. about Archimedes and they, ke- they kept talking about insinuating that Archimedes came and the fact that they were flying into this I was like I don't think they, Archimedes they, they planted land. it with the watch yeah the watch so, the watch so, was a big but even giveaway then, like so that was legitimately a surprise like credit where credits do. I mean, pretty. I and mean, it was and it was weird enough that at least I was like, "Well, this is kind of interesting." Yeah, Nazis shooting at uh, Roman soldiers is pretty. Uh, yeah, like it's a dragon. It's not something that I They've think got you, a dragon. Yeah, not something you would have guessed that this movie would go to. Although, I just don't think they did much with that no, beyond the strangeness of it. It was yeah, too late. It was too late. It, it was, was too late. late. They should yeah. have gotten there thirty minutes in. That would have been more interesting. Ah, uh, but interesting. I, I'm just saying, like, it's just it's. You know, like I said, we've had two Indian Jones movies and two Ghostbusters movies like this. And it's just... <coughs> excuse me. Not, you just... Smart people are attached. Creative people are attached. People who have had successes before are involved. Talented, you know, talented filmmakers. Talented actors. They get all, they get all the best people, right? Or at least really good people, right? They get really good people. Yeah, yeah. And, but I mean... It's telling that it's telling that Spielberg doesn't want to make a movie like this because I think he knows the well's dry. I, like, I do agree. Like part yeah. of I think part of being a good storyteller, right, is knowing what is the scope of my story. Is it one movie? Is it three movies? Is it thirty movies? Is it a short story? Is it a novel? Is it a series of he, novels? He didn't even want to do right? Last Crusade, right? So yeah, but but I'm glad he did. Yeah, me too. I mean, I'm me not too. saying that I'm not saying these people are always going to be right. What I'm saying is that having an idea, having a good instinct for like how big your idea is or how small it is, like how much juice is there in this thing? Yeah, right. That's that's an important skill. Right, and that is the thing. I guess. I guess this would be my final thought about the corporatization piece, because we've talked about it to death. Is that I think one thing that's maybe underrated is yeah, it suits and they don't have bad taste or whatever. But it's also the incentive is always more. Yeah, right? the incentive is always do another. You own the asset. The only way to leverage the asset is to make more content. More content's the name of the game. Yeah. Right. So. So the, why didn't they? Why didn't they James Bond this? Why didn't they make Indiana Jones a different actor? Of and course. And do different adventures with that. I, I'm not saying there isn't like a good idea that could be done. Of I'm not saying, been... and I'm not saying that's the best idea or a good idea. What I'm saying is, if it's if if it's to mine the territory, why bring back 87 year old Harrison Ford? To 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 double or make down, him, make him the fucking Sean Connery character. Yeah, well, make him the Sean Connery character. Bring in short round, do a short round spinoff. Like yeah. short rounds now, the new Indiana Jones. Yeah, I, saw, I, saw, I think I saw Walter Chow making that argument online. Yeah. Credible credits too. It should have been an adult version of short round. Absolutely, uh, sure. A lot of lot of ways it could have been good, but you have to like a filmmaker like like Spielberg is great. Because he knows where the juice is. Like yeah. He looks at a story and he looks at the, the whole oh, the whole realm of stories you could tell in a movie. Right? The whole realm of cinematic storytelling. And he has a very strong idea for like, where is the gold? Yeah. Right? Where is yeah, yeah. the gold? Yeah. Right? That's what makes, you know, other filmmakers, it, what's great. I mean, he's great technically and all that. He's a genius and all that way. But he also like, he knows a good story. He does. He has, he has almost impeccable instinct and like where's a good story like where's this where's a story that i'm going to be able that i'll be good at telling right what's yeah. a good story for me 
for the way I like to make movies, the, the, this, my skill set, what, and just what is compelling. Right. And he has a good instinct for that. He does. He has one of the best instincts for that. He has a nose for it. Right. And, and I think he probably knows that like this shit is, it's played. Right. Yeah. I got what I could get out of this one. I'm just so, so disappointed because by the way, I it's 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 kind of like neck and neck between this one and Crystal Skull. I think Crystal Skull in the last hour of its runtime goes so baffling off the rails that it's like shocking. I mean, I, I, I'd have to watch it again, and I don't know that I will. Yeah, I mean, the opening's <laughs> not very good, but it has some interesting ideas. At least there 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 was some like physical on location stunt work that was going on. Like they were going to locales and. And, and yeah, there's some garish CGI there too, but this all, this one just felt so hollow. That one was trying to engage in an idea, a different dynamic of now that he's a father, doesn't do it entirely well. And, uh, you know, the casting of Shia LaBeouf at that time, when you look, he was kind of the go-to box office young blood. Um, you know, Spielberg just worked with him on Eagle Eye. He was Transformers. And uh, so it, it made like a marketing sense, like a, a profiteering sense of a, a, a box office draw to bring in Shia LaBeouf. And things don't work in that dynamic. But this one, I don't know if anything really works ultimately. No. I think it's charmless, it's soulless, it's empty. And so for me, it, it sits kind of under, you know, it, as you said, it's fascinating to look at a failure from a filmmaker, you know, especially with Spielberg and what he has delivered. The success that he does with Indiana Jones in the 80s, and then to look at Crystal Skull and go, okay, this is more interesting to assess because why does this not work? In this filmmaker's vision, in this filmmaker's uh, rendition at this time in 2008, like there's a conversation to be had for that, which we won't have today. Mangold is not operating on instinct or as a creative voice. There is no control here. This is all kind of dictated. And uh, because of it, everything is so rote, eye-rollingly repetitive. Re- I mean, so many narrative cheats and ridiculous moments and yeah. just no but, fun. But, and, it's and just no, boring. And no voice, right? Yeah, that, no that's, voice. That's the no one voice. thing about Spielberg. Is Spielberg's movies are always like... Spielberg movies yeah. and they have a feel and they have a flavor and they have a texture and they have a sense of authorship and because of who he is and the way he makes movies. You know, we, we, we talk about the iconic nature of Wes Anderson, which has to do with specific vis- visual tricks. Spielberg's movies, not quite that specific, but still very specific to him. And this movie does not bear any sort of, directorial Stamp. character yeah no it's trying to inflect something else and in doing so it misses everything yeah. i mean yeah. it, i mean it's absolute it's just it's in that way it's just absolutely the like the worst of like television right? yeah. it just has no has no personality it has no it has no cinematic personality right which you know it is makes it just kind of it's very drab just very drab. drab. And it's a failure. It's just a failure to me. I, I really was pretty shocked. I, I had low expectations and it really served under. But but it's, but it's but that's because it's 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 I mean I wouldn't say I was shocked, but it is like bad in a way where you'd think they could have at least come on, give me something, right? Yeah. Like you it's just it just seems like grab onto something. Didn't everyone 
Like, why didn't someone say, you know, when something's like this, you're always like, why didn't anybody say, like, this isn't good? <laughs> I know. Like, wasn't there some way to resurrect it? They did it? so many reshoots for this. I mean, this this movie cost $295 million so to make. That's it's so going insane. to it be been one cooler of the... if you set that money on fire. I know. Done, done had more utility. Yeah. I mean, it would, yeah, just Joker style it, you know, Dark Knight, just ignite it on fire in, like, the public. That's so insane to me. It's, yeah, $300 it doesn't, million. It doesn't dollars. feel like, I mean. Doesn't include marketing. Doesn't include marketing. I mean, it doesn't feel certainly like, yeah. I mean, there's nothing technically even interesting. No. It's, I mean, ju- it's just awful. Just awful. Anyway, I, I'm I'm done. I'm done. What are we watching <laughs> next week? We're watching Joyride. Is that Let's what you're do Joyride. I, that look, you know, I have high hopes that it will be a kind of bride. Have you learned about high hopes? Uh, yeah, you know, he's got. I got to keep high having them. <laughs> got to keep having them. Um, yeah, I'm I'm it hoping that it'll be funny. I think we can say confidently. I'm I'm hoping it will be mildly humorous mildly funny i like i like some of the cast stephanie sue you know who's in uh, everything everywhere all at once is in it and uh yeah i mean i'm i mean it won't be it, it won't be an 80 for brady but hopefully at least we'll it'll get it somewhere close no but if, if we're if we're willing to do 80 for brady we should do joyride i think oh 100 percent, 100 percent, and then i'm happy to do joyride and then I'm midweek the following week maybe we can get together earlier but uh but mondays are good for you but we so we can hold off but mission impossible we might do a special uh you know honor at the wednesday opening you know yeah i'm excited about mission impossible because I like those movies. I'll be. I'm, no, no, they're I'm, good. They're good. That's what I want. I want another Mission Impossible. Movie. Well, you're gonna get one. I'm you're gonna get two. Good. I'm two at some point. A second Dead Reckoning, uh, two. Yeah, which, uh, which reminds me, I'm so I'm Ben. Oh yeah, that's Dead right. Reckoner, it's my movie. It's, it's my your movie. movie. <laughs> I, should, I should sue those motherfuckers. Uh, I I do Dead Reckoner Substack where this you can find this podcast and other things sometimes. Uh, you can find a, a special edition review of uh, of uh, oh yeah that's right elemental uh, of elemental with a, a special guest you gotta you gotta listen if you want to know who that is he's Kyle I know movies and you don't subscribe to his Patreon it's getting bad over here it's getting bad <laughs> I lost I lost another one I lost another person it's getting yeah. rough over here he's um he's eating gruel. Yeah, uh, Oliver Twist style. He's eating. He's eating. No, I was thinking more eating rats, like a like Robin, like <laughs> like like the version of Robin from that the crazy All Star Batman and Robin by Frank Miller, where he's he yes. forces him to live in the Batcave and eat kill rats and eat them. That's what it's like over here. Uh, so please give him your money. Please do. Please uh, do help him out. Help a uh, musicals. Uh, yeah, if you're listening to this, musicals come out next week. That's start right. start That's new right. season next week. Get ready, folks. So uh, very exciting the stuff. The song in your heart. I've got 20 of those recorded. Uh, and yeah. so, uh, yeah, about 10 weeks you. of material that will stretch can. out. Yeah. 20 in the can. Uh, last month was not as productive as I wanted it to be. So uh, looking for July to be a very musical month. So. Okay, there we go. <laughs> there you go. He's gonna be, you're going to see Kyle whistling a tune, walking down the street, yes. springing his step. Uh, random dancing out of Hard you know, to sing in the rain here in California. It rains so rarely here in Los Angeles. Yes. But maybe we'll get a little a little storm and he can sing in the rain. For Absolutely. Y'all. Um, all right. Well, we'll we'll talk next week. Another there movie we next week. There we go. Bye.